It's the SportsZilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, ESPN Utica Rome, now on 96.5 FM. Back's got to help you. He has time to throw. Once again, Edelman in the middle of the field. Pocket sealed. Down the middle. Edelman again with a third down catch. This it's over for football. They don't hold on to this one. Here's James. Did the ball come out? It did. Charles Tillman takes it to the you were saying, how stupid could I possibly look? The SportsZilla Show starts now. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Okay, it's the Chinese New Year tomorrow. I lied to you. I was going to tell you a little something about Buck Showalter being with Rich Eisen, having to do with Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame inductee Larry Walker, but that's going to be about a minute away. Because, Scoop, it's the Chinese U- Chinese New Year tomorrow. Did you know that glue guy? I did not. I am a, I'm, I'm a, an ox, I believe, the year I was born. You're not sure? I love cashew chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm a cashew chicken. That's good. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that response. <laughs> a reminder, tomorrow is Chinese New Year, the year of the rat. No, not of rat. No, it's the year of the rat. The year of the cat. No, that's year of the cat. Just forget it. Happy Chinese New Year. Tomorrow's a Chinese New Year. If you're into that kind of thing, I have further details for the glue guy, Scoop, and Tiff, who are in studio. Do you know much about the Chinese New Year, Tiffany? I don't. Okay, let's learn a little bit more together here on the SportsZilla Show. According to the Chinese Zodiac, 2020 is the year of the rat. It starts and ends on Chinese New Year from January 25th, 2020 to February 11th, 2021. This year of the rat is an unusual 13 months long. If you were born in 1972, 84, 96, or 2008, you're a rat. No offense intended. People born in rat years are usually well-suited to be administrators, directors, musicians, lawyers, and so on. In Chinese astrology, the rat represents a person who is quick-witted, smart, versatile, and good at saving money. Kind of makes sense that I'm not born in the year of the rat. Anyways, yourself? Uh, I think I was born in the year of the dumbass. (laughs) Chinese year of the dumbass. Hey, that's mine too, 93. (laughs) Why don't I not... I know. I, why do I believe that actually? For if some you're reason? born in the year of the rat, does that make you like maybe in your high school class most likely to be killed by Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro and buried in a swamp somewhere in New Jersey? It's not out of the realm of possibilities. No, I think it's more likely to eat cheese. Maybe I'm a rat then. I love cheese. <laughs> As you know, Larry Walker is the B-side of Hall of Fame inductees this year to Derek Sanderson Jeter of the Yankees, number the two. B-side? That's his words, not mine. That's did he direct- really say that? Yes, he, he did. He said that direct quote, wearing his SpongeBob shirt when they called him. They have since made the trek to Cooperstown. They've done the, po- the press conferences, worn the jerseys, things like that. Derek Jeter should be so cool to wear a SpongeBob shirt. Let me just say that. Derek Jeter actually said that he uh, Larry Walker referenced when they were questioning him and they were at the, at the press conference. He he basically said, you know, his, mentioned the SpongeBob shirt that he was wearing, and even Jeter was kind of like, no, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> even he did. <laughs> I mean, he's got young daughters now. He's seen a lot of SpongeBob. So Mike, uh, who is normally on a, on the show with us, he said he was born in the year of the rat. He is born in the year of the rat. Okay, thank you. We're going to ask him about that the next time he's in here. Good. 
I was okay. also born in the year of the rat. You were also born in the year of the rat. Okay, there's two of you. Interesting. <laughs> there's two rats amongst us. Actually, that scares the crap out of my mother-in-law, but that's a whole other situation. She hates rats and mice and things like that. My four-year-old son actually at one point wanted to buy her a stuffed one and give it to her as a gift, which I, I was like, that's a great sense of humor for a four-year-old. I was never more proud of him. Refrained from doing that. We decided that was a bad idea. It didn't happen. That was smart. I think these things... You can't always follow through on them. So on the Sports Illustrated Show, and I brought up Larry Walker, Buck Showalter, who you remember as a manager of the Yankees, Texas Rangers. Uh, who else did he manage? The Baltimore Orioles. He's been a commentator on on uh, ESPN and SportsCenter and Baseball Tonight. Multiple Manager of the Year award. Yeah, I mean, Buck Showalter. Well, he was talking about a time with the Oneonta Yankees. They had played against... Uh, they had played the Utica Blue Sox in Utica. And he was on the Rich Eisen show when he was recounting the story. So this is Buck Showalter talking about Larry Walker nationally on national radio show. And here you go. We're playing him in Utica, New York. The Oneonta Yankees versus a co-op team. Uh, one of the Brett brothers is managing it. He's on first base. Uh, he's a 78-year-old kid out of Canada. You can tell he's raw. Guy hits a long fly ball in left center field. Corey Viltz runs it down. He goes three-quarters away, almost to third base. And now he's got to retrace his step. She ran right across the mound. Right across the mound. He cut right across the field. And he couldn't figure out what was wrong with that. Yeah, that's a no-no amongst the unwritten rules of baseball. ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM, 1310 AM, 1350 AM. ESPN app to listen. Stream at ESPNUR.com. If you have the Amazon Alexa device, open the skill or activate the skill and then say open ESPN Utica, Rome. That's everything, right? Programming note, do you want me to give those out, boss? Uh, Sure, just one second. Yes. So it just proves that even if you mess up, you can still become a Hall of Famer. Yes, absolutely. It's not where you start, it's where you end up. And he had a Hall of Fame career. Certainly got better from 17 years of age, right? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you consider as a Utica Blue Sox, he hit 223, 1985, only two home runs. He hit a lot more of them as a Major League Baseball player, and he averaged 313 for his career. Let's see if I can open this Amazon Alexa. Uh, open ESPN Utica Rome. Ask again later. I'm pinching the Mandalorian right now. So that's that's not going to work out. But you can do that if you happen to have that device. See, Scoop, earlier on the Syracuse SportsZilla show, I had that joke set up, and, and I completely messed it up. Well, you covered it well. I covered it well. I'm trying. I didn't know what the hell you were doing, but you covered it well. I, I, just, I tried. I just I just went along with it. It's usually what you do. <laughs> so we're here on a Friday. And I was uh, blindsided by it, so you won there. Got some shameless plugs, so I make the boss happy. Programming note, Wisconsin-Purdue. That tonight at 6.45? That's correct. Okay. Saturday, Villanova-Providence. You'll have that game on the air at 12.45. The NHL All-Star game is on ESPN Utica-Rome tomorrow. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. At ESPN SportsZilla on social media, if you'd like to reach out to us, at ESPNUR on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Okay. The Comets. Let's go there, guys. Lost the last game against Binghamton 5-3. We'll have a full recap and preview of tonight's game against Belleville. 6.30 over on the Brothers Station, 94.9. K-Rock, how are you feeling about the team? Let, let's just discuss for a second. Well, look, these games are very important this weekend. We're getting deeper into the season, and everybody is close. It's a tight race. Belleville, literally percentage points ahead of Utica, even though they're both tied, I believe, at 54 points. Rochester just percentage points 
behind the Comets in third. So two games here in our barn tonight, their barn tomorrow. These are very important games. You know, uh, the Comets could redeem themselves for that second and third period collapse against Binghamton with a couple of wins. Uh, And you got to win at least one of these games, you figure. And Belleville is a good team. Three straight by the Comets, five straight unanswered goals after that to lose the game. Didn't they give up five straight the other day, too, and then ended up winning in overtime? I believe so. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. were we were concerned. We discussed on a pregame a couple of days yeah. ago and in, in insider that you hate it when you hear the four unanswered goals. And now we're getting into a couple of games where there's been five unanswered goals. Clearly a concern. That kind of thing has absolutely got to stop. Even though you're on a team that's percentage points out of first place, that's not going to win you a Calder Cup when it's all said and done. If you're Trent Call, are you telling the guys get through this these couple games? Then you'll get to the All Star break. Then you can relax. No, you got to clean it up now. That's what I mean. Every, you, are you telling them go hard now? Then you can relax. Don't relax now. Going into the All Star break. Well, of course, that's got to be a part of the message and the narrative moving forward. And then you know, get your break and come back and let's go and not let this happen at all. But it needs to stop immediately. Another part of the narrative is the shorthanded goals. The Comets give up. I believe we're at 10 now. Yeah, it's creeped up for sure. Now, the Comets have seven. That's right. Uh, shorthanded goals. But giving up 10? Eh, eh. And that third period the other night, 10 shots, Binghamton gets, Comets get five. You're not going to win many hockey games having five-shot periods. And and people are always quick quick to, to blame it on the goaltenders, Zane and Michael DiPietro. Not always the case when there's defensive breakdowns in front of them. And there's a lot of times these goals are being scored and there is absolutely no goaltender on the planet that's going to stop them. They leave them hanging out to dry. Carter Banks had the first shot for the Comets in that third period. And we were literally midway through the third period. That can't happen when you have Reed Boucher, Justin Bailey, and Nikolai Goldobin on this team. They've got to be taking some shots. Uh, Boucher had six the other night. Bailey had four. Look, you cannot allow the offense to fall asleep like that. You got to get something together. I don't know whether it's calling a timeout. You know, I mean, you go 10 minutes of hockey, you can't get a shot on goal. It happens. I get it. But you can't allow that. That's another narrative. That's something else that's happened a couple of times now in recent memory where there has been. Let's just say not nearly enough shots taken by the Comets within a specific period. The last thing of note that we will cover on pregame at 630 leading into your seven o'clock faceoff over on the brother station over on K-Rock is it's the simple fact that I completely lost where my note was that I wanted to share with you, Scoop. Hang on for a second. Oh, the 16, the 16 game or day road trip it's a 16 day road trip for belleville and this is the last day of that bell trip uh, that that day trip they get home finally tomorrow two weeks and two days on the road scoop had pointed that out we'll break down how that could affect thing affect things tonight when we get to pregame so they got to be pretty tired kick save and a beauty my friend sportsilla show espn radio utica rome now at 96.5 fm and you're absolutely right they have got to be tired right now glue guy Let's switch over real quick to Cuse and basketball. Uh, They've got Pittsburgh tomorrow at noon. A good team. The keys to the game, in your opinion, Scoop, we're looking at rebounding again. We're looking at what they've been doing inside in the paint, whether it's Sidibe, 
I mean, I don't expect he's going to go for six for six again with 12 points. But Merrick Dolajai doing what he does as a stat stuffer on the sheet. A little, a little bit of everything from, from Marek Dolajai. Joe Girard with his free throw shooting. Buddy Beheim with his three-point shooting. Blue guy, you're nodding your head. Yeah, and I was also going to say, does it mean Jim Beheim's got to throw the jacket again? 5-0 and in the games that he does has. Does that have to happen? He's 13-0 and in the last two seasons. 5-0 and this season thus far. Nick Ailes, our buddy, had predicted two more on the season, so it's potential. Look, buddy, your ACC player of the week, he only had 10 points in that last game against Notre Dame. So you want to get a little more out of him. You want Elijah Hughes to maintain that pace of, of eh, 19, 20 points per game. Leading the ACC now with 19.7 scoop. How about Elijah Hughes? One of the things going on with the Orange this year is, if you remember early on, really wasn't much going on for them scoring-wise in the paint. And they really weren't rebounding that well. They're rebounding better. And in that Virginia game not too long ago, only 12 points in the paint for the Orange. But in the last three, they've averaged 35 points in the paint. That is improving threefold. You continue that. And you're going to have this team tonight trying to start tomorrow, excuse me, at noon, tip off. You're going to have them try to slow the game down. That's That's, what they do on both sides of the ball. You're absolutely right. And they're very good at forcing turnovers. So that's one of the things to watch is how does the Orange deal with that when it comes to Pitt tomorrow? Is Elijah still scoring? Is Buddy a little bit hotter? Are they getting paint points? Are they not turning the ball over? Because that's one of the things that Pitt does well. They force turnovers. So if if they're a little bit off on that pace, that's a good thing for the Orange. Got to keep your eye on Xavier Johnson. X marks the spot with him, most valuable player of the Pitt Panthers. One to keep an eye on. However, we also have a couple of things of note if you're a Syracuse football fan. Babers going into his fifth year. He had a defensive coordinator that he hired, and it lasted 11, 12, maybe 13 days Guy's name is Zach Arnett, and then he went to Mississippi State Scoop. Man, they re- they revealed the money, too, which blew my mind. That was a shocking thing. You don't normally see the salaries. He would have been the fourth highest paid employee in all of Syracuse University, including the Chancellor, including Jim Beheim, and including Dino Babers. He would have fallen fourth. There's others that are going to be a little bit angry with that kind of money. Well, I was excited about the 3-3-5 defense that he could bring to the Orange and it looked like it was a done deal. And then he bails. It's the lure of the SEC and the South and Mississippi State. So here we are again uh, on the hunt, if you will. And I, it's just kind of shocking to think that the guy accepted the job and then bailed, you know. It had a pretty solid resume, too. And don't forget, if you, ha- if you didn't happen to catch this article, it's uh, Brent Axe wrote it. Our, our boy Brent Axe. It's up on Syracuse.com. Also made note of the fact that a former player had donated $25 million. So they have the money to retain or hire really high-end coaching talent behind Dino Babers. Just keep that in mind. I thought that was very interesting. Last thing on Syracuse football, make it really quick. I know we've got to take our first break of the Sportzilla show. Was Dylan Markavich, who is going to be making an official visit. He's from Texas. A big boy, too, Scoop. Was he 6'5"? 6'5", 220. Uh, I believe he's currently on this visit. Played for McKinney North in Texas. Sort of 
a guy who can run. He ran for seven touchdowns his senior year in high school, but really probably more of a pocket passer in actuality. But, you know, uh, the Orange lose Clayton Welch. So, you know, they're looking at quarterbacks, even though Tommy DeVito is the guy. You got to have somebody in. You got to have an understudy. You have to have somebody ready to take over, whether it's injury wise, whether it's after Tommy DeVito's career is over. You got to get some good recruits on that roster. He's got one currently an offer from FCS school, Stephen F. Austin, and he did go to Texas State. Cuse is trying to recruit him. We'll see what Dino Babers can do. The Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio Utica Rome now at 96.5 FM. Coming back to talk NBA. The Sportzilla Show is now streaming on the ESPN app. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. At ESPN Sportzilla on social media, at ESPNUR on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And when we're on earlier in Syracuse, we are on twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk between 3 and 4 p.m. Watch us sometime and maybe throw us a bit or two. LeBron James considers Jason Kidd the only person alive who sees the game at his level. I brought this up in conversation to Scoop earlier, and we were like, wow, that's that's a hell of a compliment. But then we were also laughing that he's on the Lakers staff. Then Scoop was like, there's some other coaches, too. When I said, well, LeBron kind of has... A high opinion of himself. Well, maybe Scoop LeBron like, thinks he's better than all the other coaches. He's uh, is smarter than all the other coaches he's played for. David Blatt. That's the that's the typical joke, right? That really the coach was the was LeBron, not Ty Lue and for the longest. And he time. was also the general manager. I was about too. to say, yeah, <laughs> he was the GM of that team. Is it Rob Polinka still the uh, general manager? Is just no, it's LeBron. I know it's LeBron. <laughs> we all know it's LeBron. There's no doubt. LeBron's damn good though. 16 all-star appearances for LBJ and 19 for Kareem all-time. That's the overall record. Kobe Bean Bryant has 18. Carmelo Anthony, though, 14. Stop hating on Carmelo. Will LeBron pass Kareem? That's the thing. We were discussing that earlier. I think he does. We were thinking and saying how he wants to wait a few more years till his son can enter the draft, and he wants to play in the NBA. So after this two more years and a Lakers contract is up, He's signing one-year deals after that. And even if it's the Knicks, think about that. The Knicks. Somebody draft- asked him about that. Did you see that? Yeah. And he- and he's like, well, my son's only in ninth grade. We're more worried about science projects than we are about that. Yeah, but he <laughs> but he's made it uh, he's made it known. As I said to Scoop earlier, he wants to do the Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. thing or the Gordie Howe thing like yep. you had said with Wait, his sons. Yep. He wants to do that. So if it ends up being the Knicks or any other team, Kobe's you going to be lucky if it was the Knicks. LeBron's being there. Yeah, we're getting 40 year old LeBron, who he's right now 35 year old LeBron, 17 years in, is well, still elite. But motivated LeBron. Well, how old is Vince Carter? 42. Yeah. All right. If Vince Carter can contribute like that, what could LeBron maybe do at 42? Probably just the type of thing that Vince is doing at 42. You think LeBron still can't drop 15 to 18 a game in 22 minutes? Dude, he'll be averaging 20 assists Yeah, when he's 42. That's where he's going. Because here's the other thing. Great article about that, about LeBron and imagining if he tried to be more of a pure scorer like Kobe or like Michael Jordan even though he's more of a Magic Johnson and a well-rounded facilitator, you were looking at some of the numbers, and you said it ended up being four or 5,000 point differential, if you extrapolate well, that yeah, out. They, they, they did the math, and if LeBron would take shots at the pace that Michael Jordan takes shots, which means about two or three more a game, and if LeBron continued to shoot 
at the percentage he shot at over the course of his career, he'd have about 4,000 more points right now, and he would be further up on that list. But he's not that kind of guy. I mean, they've they've asked LeBron about that. Have you ever thought about that? If you were a different kind of player and maybe a little more selfish, tried to score more? And he literally said, quote, that's not who I am as a player. He's, to thine own self be true, and that's what he's been. And and I even said, man, we've talked about this before with LeBron. He's point forward in a lot of a lot Correct. of a lot of situations with the Lakers right now. He would rather push the ball forward than take the shot. And I said to Scoop also, he's made guys like Kuzma better. He's made Contavious Caldwell Pope better. He makes players better exponentially. And you can count on one hand probably the guys in the league that actually have that overall effect on their team. It's not James Harden. No, he doesn't make his players better. It's not Russell Westbrook. Thank you very much. Does Giannis do that? I would say the answer to that is yes. The team overall is better. But to the level that LeBron raises and elevates his teammates, he has no peer. He literally does in the entire league, even 17 years in. It's really remarkable what he does. He's uh, he's on uh, the Western Conference All-Star team with Kawhi, Anthony, James, and Luka Doncic. They're going to, of course, pick the rest of the team. All-Star starters for the East was Trey Young, Kemba Walker, Joel Embiid, uh, Giannis, Scoop. What, what about Giannis? Last name? Ante Tocumbo. He's the only one, Tiff, in the room that can pronounce his name. Can you pronounce his name? Don't even try. I, I've not been able to do it since he entered the league. <laughs> you know, you ask her and then you don't even let her try. Go ahead. But you want to you want to try? I don't want to put her on a spot. But go ahead. Say Wait. it again. Ante Tocumbo. Ante Tocumbo. She nailed it. She nailed it in the first try. Go. I can't get it right every time <laughs> I, I try. Took, I had to practice that. And I, and I have to do it almost like it's music. Or else I can't do it. It just comes out sideways. You have to sing it. I ha- yeah, I always have to sing it. Ante Tocumbo. So we'll have her record it. And every time you try to say it, you can just play it. Uh, yeah, yeah, like like they did with uh, the Bob Shepard version of Derek Jeter yeah. at Yankee Stadium when he played even after he had passed away. Pascal Siakam is the other addition. A great story from that, by the way. Pascal, he started out in the G League, I believe, mm-hmm. and then he comes out of nowhere last year, and now he's an all-star. We, we were mentioning that earlier, as Scoop had alluded to the Syracuse version. We were talking about a great story, too, how he was quoted as saying he really wishes his dad was still around to be able to watch him have the success that he has because he just took his game to the next level, and he was a key. to Kawhi gets the credit, but he was a key player in Toronto winning the NBA championship last year. Awesome point, boss. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dan, it feels like the glue guy really did some homework today. Like, you're on point with everything, my man. Sure, we'll go with that. You want to brag on your Celtics and uh, beating the Lakers, or can we save that till we when we get to who lit it up a little bit later? Well, I'll always uh, be able to take the time to brag about the Celtics. Uh, we're going to give you ample opportunity in our final segment of the Sportzilla Show. We're here on It wasn't ES- even close. It wasn't. We're here on ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM, talking a little bit of NBA so the Mavs beat the Blazers and they dropped 22-3. Speaking of All-Stars and Luka Doncic, that's just wow, Scoop. Yeah, it's crazy. 22 threes. I mean, that's 66 freaking points. All by itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just their threes. I mean, that has become such a big part of basketball on the collegiate and pro level right now. But it's still a mind-boggling number. It is a mind-boggling number. I also want to posit that that's kind of how guys like James Harden put up these astronomical numbers. I mean, we had Damian Lillard earlier in the week score 61 points, and he had 10 threes as a part of that. 
no, and no NBA player has actually ever done both at the same time. He's the first guy to hit over 60 and 10 threes. But really, uh, I, I don't know how many years the three has actually been officially part of the game. It was back in the 80s. It started late So 80s, there's a perhaps. considerable period of NBA history. You know, guys like Will Chamberlain didn't. Bill Russell didn't have that opportunity. And he, that. and hence, the big man is not what it was in the game. The three-point line True. has created the evolution of the game where Steph Curry and guys like that, and it's just gotten further and further away from the basket as they've been able to, to make them at higher percentages. Someone was joking on Twitter that the amount of threes that James Harden takes, he was like two for 18. It looks like a tour date rather than an actual shooting percentage. It really does. It really does. It, they'll never How win. are you two for 18, they'll, honestly? He, they'll never win in Houston with the way that they play. It's never going to happen. Mike D'Antoni? You're not it, a fan? He's no. No. Ben no. Simmons might be happy with two for 18. <laughs> of course, Zion Williamson in one. He won't even take two, let alone yeah. 18. Yeah, you're right. He's made two in his entire career, correct? Yeah. And didn't Zion hit four out of yeah. four in his very first game? So now in one game, he has more than Ben Simmons in his entire career. Ouch. Ouch. That's terrible. And he kind of he kind of talked a little smack about it, too. That's terrible. Uh, the Lakers, by the way, we had brought up LeBron had a triple dub when they beat the Nets. They beat the Knicks. They're That's having... his tenth triple double of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really enjoy LeBron while you got LeBron because there's not a lot of guys like him over the course every generation. Generational talent. That's why they call it what it is. Can I say the same thing about Tom Brady? Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's true. It, it's true. I'll, I'll give you that. Now you have to wear the Giants. I wore Giants gear in today, and I brought in a scarf for the glue guy. Thank you. Because they are retiring number 10. But believe it or not, that's one of the things we're going to talk about next. Will you wear it, please? I'd like to put a picture of it on the at ESPNUR Instagram that was created a few weeks ago. My skin is crawling just thinking about it. <laughs> Come on. I'm going to give credit to Tom Brady when he retires. Okay. That's I, I've cool. Told, I've admitted, I'm not going to bring a Patriot gear and go, here, wear it. I've admitted he was the GOAT even, well, except for the two times that... Eli Manning beat them in the Super Bowl. You also got to add the Eagles to that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're talking right now about number 10, Eli Manning, which we'll do more next. The SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. Quick break. The SportsZilla Show is now streaming on the ESPN app. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. So, let's start out with the NFL and specifically Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, you remember his name when he was with the Chiefs? You don't want to start with Eli Manning? No, we're going to save the best for last. I was hoping that you would say that. I was saving that zinger all day. Ha! Dang. I got hit with an uppercut on that one. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hey, man, I've been doing this for a while. Every once in a while I do something right. Kareem Hunt, Kansas City Chiefs, gets himself into some trouble, goes over to to Scoops, Cleveland Browns, and now he's gotten himself in even more trouble. You think it was a lack of leadership that maybe they didn't keep an eye on him in Cleveland? Or what do you think the reasons are that he got busted? Because you know what he needed to do, blue guy? Like Stephen A. Smith says, your favorite thing in the world. Do you have it? I do. Okay. I do. Go ahead. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. He's excited. And you can't stay off the weed. Well, look, there's not a drug charge, but here's the story. Tuesday, he gets pulled over, I think, doing 77 in a 60 and you know we could talk about leadership, but they're not—they're not having team meetings right now. Um, so, so I don't know if that's a part of it. I, I think he—he's got maybe bad people around him, yes. or he made bad decisions, or both. 
But police pulled him over for speeding. He's getting a ticket for that. They smelled weed in the car. They find small amounts of marijuana in three different places in a backpack in the back seat. So it's not up there with him. So there's the question, all right, who's the backpack belong to? Was that one of his crew? Was that his? We don't really know that yet. I'm sure the police can get into that backpack and see if there's anything that maybe identifies it as belonging to a certain person. But they found weed. So even though he wasn't charged with a drug offense, the NFL, the league, could have something to say about this. And he started last year on an eight-game suspension. He could very well start this season on a suspension as well. Well, we, and that's when there's not a, how you contribute to helping your team. A pattern of bad behavior is going to be punished more severely every time there's another offense. So Roger Goodell's going like this. You just made the list. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Thank you for Chris Jericho helping us out with that. Cameron Reese in Kansas City is a season ticket holder, and he participated in a program that you can participate in in every NFL stadium. Scoop, it's called Responsibility Has Its Reward. You sign up to be a designated driver. You go to the games. You agree not to drink. You can drive your drunk friends home. You enter the sweepstakes. There's a whole bunch of different prizes you can win, apparently, throughout the season. But when it comes down to the two Super Bowl teams being Kansas City and San Francisco, well, first of all, Aaron Keeley won for San Francisco, okay, as far as this is concerned. But the guy that won in Kansas City, his name is Cameron Reese, said he's going to take his dad, and he initially thought that it was kind of a joke. It's a great little story. You get two nights in a hotel, you get free airfare, the two tickets to the game in Miami worth $1,400, and I'm sure that there's some other tchotchkes and things thrown in there. But it's a great story, and I wanted to share with you guys his reaction. I kind of just stop for a second. Your heart starts racing. All the thoughts go, is it really real or is, am I getting played along? We get to have two and a half days of excitement and a mini vacation of a dream come true. My dad took me to my first cheese game at four. 26 years later, I get to go and take him. There's no really better reward than making sure everybody gets home safely. So there you go. Great little story, Scoop. Something they do at every NFL game. You can sign up as a designated driver for your group of people and they may announce you on the uh, PA system. And they it, like if you get picked for any particular game, they have some sort of prize for you. But ultimately, you wind up being in the running for these Super Bowl trips, which, you know, that's pretty nice when they they give you the whole package. You get the tickets, the airfare, the hotel. That's wonderful. So the glue guy wanted us to mention that Antonio Brown turned himself in the warrant for his arrest was put out. He said, all right, I'm coming in. I don't want to talk about Antonio Brown after that. Aren't yeah. you sick of him? That's really my question. Well, I am, but I just felt like we had to talk about it. No, I'm agreeing with you on that, but I'm I, saying. I just I just found it shocking last night that, you know, they they put out the warrant and all of a sudden he's on the run and then he turns himself in. There was no drama with it. So I'm hoping that this is a step in the right direction. He's going to have to go to mandatory oh, counseling. Yep. Mental health evaluation and drug counseling. Maybe a little house arrest wouldn't hurt him. Well, look, he needs counseling. There's a lot of people. I've seen numerous people commenting on this on social media. One, for example, would be our good friend Jack Perrin with Last Word on Sports, who talks NBA with us from time to time on the phone out of Chicago. Or he's even said, if he doesn't get help, you can see this spiraling into an OJ type of situation. 
and the police chase, you know, like as horrible as it is, you could see it. We wondered, you know, yesterday, you know, and Jack in a tweet yesterday wondered, boy, I could see this spiraling into a, you know, an OJ chase sort of thing because, you know, he hadn't turned himself in, but apparently he showed up at a Florida jail today and uh, he has now been released. Uh, He paid some amount of money as a fine. I think at 130,000, but you know, he is going to, uh, have to go through some counseling, which is obviously something he is in dire need of. We all know Super Bowl Sunday, Kansas City and the 49ers is happening. Of course, there is nonstop peripherals around the big game with the two weeks in between. So many different angles and ways to talk about this. Hey, it's the Pro Bowl this weekend. Do you care? No, okay, I, I don't. Good. Yeah, thanks for mentioning. That's another thing. Like, nobody <laughs> cares about the Pro Bowl. I don't think it's, I think it's been that way for years. Players don't even care. No, SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome now at 96.5. Well, we're going to follow suit, but we're going to take this angle of the big bets that Scoop had brought up a little bit yesterday. But I wanted to just throw them out there again. The top five biggest bets placed so far on the Super Bowl uh, the 100000 on the 49ers at William Hill U.S. Sportsbook. That was placed scoop. 110 uh, going the over 52.5 at the Superbook at Westgate in Las Vegas. 150 on the Chiefs. Uh, that was at MGM in Las Vegas. 187 on the 49ers at the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in West Virginia. And then the huge one is 684000 on the 49ers, plus two in the points at DraftKings Sportsbook in New Jersey. That's, That's like a Floyd Mayweather oof. bet. Yeah. I mean, I wonder who these guys are that drop $100,000 on a on a game. And and Floyd's one of them. I mean... Uh, Conor McGregor's another one. I, I just... It, it's hard to imagine. When you we talked earlier about the Syracuse football player that donated $25 million to the program. There are guys out there that just go, ah, 600K on the 49ers. You know, like, wow, you know, like that would change the lives. That's 600K of everybody in this room. I don't know. Like infinitely, like right now, if we just dropped into our laps. So 52 and a half points, that's what the uh, the bet was on? I was about to tell you. That, so that's a lot. That's a lot of points for a Super Bowl. It was it was a plus two on the money line. The, ov- the overall total points, according to Caesar Sportsbook, is 54 and a half. The Chiefs. At minus one, that's where everything is. I'm going right now. under on those points. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you might be right. So saving the best for last, though, I just want to share with everybody, my guy, Eli Manning, number 10, New York Giants. It's going up in the rafters, retires a giant, as expected, didn't want to play anywhere else. Just wanted to share with you a very funny story that Peyton said, his brother, Angolik and Wingo, about watching his career, because Peyton's a funny guy. Let's say we had a Sunday night game and the Giants were playing at you know, one o'clock. So I'm watching the game in my hotel room. I'm standing up on top of my couch. I'm yelling at Tumor or Plaxico for not coming back to the ball. I want to rip Joe Buck's face off or <laughs> saying something negative about my brother. I mean, I'm literally in a full. It's always sweat. Joe Buck, man. <laughs> I'm in a full sweat in the hotel room. I'm like, what am I doing? I got a game here in five hours. I got to calm down. It's a good big brother. Now, Eli, just a couple of quick highlights from his press conference. As they said, it's going up into the rafters. I think it was cool that Coughlin showed up. Yes. I mean, 16 years, never gets hurt. He's going in the Hall of Fame, whether you like it or not. He beat the Patriots twice. Hey, don't turn my mic up. For most of my life, people have called me easy. Believe me, there is nothing easy about today. Wellington Mara always said, once a giant, always a giant. 
For me, it's only a giant. That's right. It's only a giant. Uh, one more little quote from Eli during the press conference today when he officially retired from the NFL. You know, a lot of people said, hey, you know, sit on it, think of it, don't rush into any any decisions. I might have rushed it a little bit just because I, I knew it was the right thing to do. I, I knew, I know 100%. I'm not going to regret this. You know, when I make a decision, I commit to it and, and make it make it the right decision. And this this is it. This is the right one. It's an honor to have played here 16 years and to, to have only played here. Peyton said about his brother that Eli wanted to wait to make his retirement announcement so that it didn't get in the way of championship weekend, and he also did not want to intrude on the media coverage of Derek Jeter's Hall of Fame announcement either. A class guy, say what you want. Absolutely a class guy. What are you giggling about? Come on. I was giggling about uh, Tom, Tom Brady's tweet earlier. Oh, go ahead, share it. It was, uh, it was a really nice sentiment on his part. Congratulations on your retirement and a great career, Eli. Not going to lie, though. I wish you hadn't won any Super Bowls. Oh, unfortunately, he did two times. Your New York football giants. Heard right here on ESPN Utica Rome. See, as a boss, now you got to pat that guy in the back. That's a good job. Let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to go through who lit it up nationally and more importantly, locally. We're going to do that right here on the Sportzilla Show. ESPN Radio Utica Rome now at 96.5 FM. It's time to look at who lit it up this week on the Sportzilla Show with Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Who lit it up is brought to you by IBEW Local 43. Become an IBEW Local 43 electrician. Find your career and light up your future. Go to IBEW43.org. Well, you know, I want to nominate Casper Jelkvist of our Utica College men's hockey pioneers with the natural hat trick against King's College over the weekend. And uh, the Pioneers in action tomorrow. They got a game at the ABC. Puck drops at 7 versus Newman University. Manhattanville at 3 o'clock on Sunday. And that's a grudge match. Fans got payback on their minds. That's why you're not going to see UCFC for another week after that. Who else? How about... Give Regan Kavanaugh a little bit of love, too, from Utica College, right? He had a hattie, and what? He's got like... uh, Seven points since the new year. Seven goals, something ridiculous like that with Utica College for the goop, the brain Gary Heenan. (laughs) We got to get him some. Your Celts? Uh, Kemba Walker, and obviously the uh, Celtics defeating... The Lakers on Monday, which is always nice. What was the score, the final score of that? Uh, I'm blanking on it off the top of my head, but it was a lot too a little. Get it. Okay. Grab the score. We're going to jump over to Tiff, who's in the studio with us. Tell us about, who was it at SUNY Poly we wanted to highlight? Um, So, super local kid. He's a Whitesboro alumni. Um, He's a junior at SUNY Poly. Josh Gregory, on the 12th of January, scores his 1,000th point for the SUNY Poly Wildcats. They were at Penn State, Birmingham, and he scored 20 points that game, which is right up his alley with his average being uh, 18.2 points per game. Not bad, not bad. Josh Gregory basketball, SUNY so that Poly, was 139 to 107. Lighten it up. There yeah. we go. That was that was a that was a butt whooping. That yeah. was a butt whooping. That's wasn't a 32 point butt whooping. Wasn't Anthony Davis still? Uh, wasn't he fresh back in that game? I think he was fresh back. Yeah. And he just you know. And they, Jason Tatum went down in that game too. And they were trying to get him going, I think. And it just you know it was just one of those. And Celtics are good. And you unleashed the hounds last night on the Brooklyn Nets. So. There was no contest. Who lit it up? Who else lit it up? Courtesy, it was IBEW 43. Local 43. Local 43. 
Buddy and Jim Beheim. We had them. We had Mello with 26,000 career points and some now. Damian Lillard with 61 and 47 just in his past two games. Who else lit it up, guys? Uh, Zion Williamson for not only his debut, but having more three-pointers than Ben Simmons his whole career. That's just. I, I think he scored 17 <laughs> in like three minutes. And, in the fourth quarter. And, yep. you know, we mentioned the Bayheims, but he had 18 consecutive points in that game against Virginia Tech. And Coach Bayheim, Jim, has turned this team on its tail, and it is the trajectory is upward. It's looking good for them. Full disclosure, Eli Manning lit it up, and you want to know who suggested him? The I did. The glue guy, the Patriots fan. Look, you, I, I can respect the fact that he did defeat the Patriots. Real recognizes real. Thumbs up. I'm proud of you, my man. <laughs> A couple of others we wanted to throw. I have to wash my mouth out. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard for you to say, I bet. Joe Roberts' wife, Jessica, gave birth to their baby daughter, Nora, the voice of the Utica Comets. We wanted to make sure... We let you know she definitely lit it up. Every woman that gives birth is an absolute hero. And my boy Bigsy. And Bigsy. Razor Ray Biggs will be on the call tonight. Pre-game is at 6.30. He's going to take care of tonight's game against Belleville. And let's shout out to Reed Boucher. First guy in the AHL this season to get to 50 points. You know what? I think he lit it up as well. He's lit it up a lot. 24, 25 goals. Where are we at with that scoop? Uh, 50 points. I think it's 24, 25. I'm not sure. I don't know. I have to look that up. We got the numbers set for for Utica Comets pregame. Hey, I say it every week, but it was us. We lit it up. We lit it up. We absolutely lit it up. The Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now 96.5 FM. See you again Monday at 5.